All right, at Green Mountain Dental, you guys can get a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam. This is an awesome deal for DNVR listeners. If you've never used an electric toothbrush, step into 2020. It will change your life, lead to a healthier mouth, lead to healthier teeth, probably save you money in the long run. You won't have to pay to get so much dental work done. Um, But hit up Green Mountain Dental Group. They're located just 15 minutes from downtown Denver. They're awesome people. They're family-owned. They're Denver through and through, just like us. And you can get a free Sonicare toothbrush, a state-of-the-art electric toothbrush. I think it retails at like 50 to 75 bucks most of the time. You can get a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. What is up, everybody, and welcome to the DNVR Nuggets podcast. I'm your host, Adam Myers, and I'm joined by an all-star cast. Actually, it's the same cast, but it's the all-star. It's like the uh, it's like the Atlanta Hawks of 2016, uh, collectively. They're all, they're all pretty good. Couldn't quite get but it done. Collectively, huh. it's an all-star. Well, <laughs> this is like the biggest yeah. backhanded compliment. So we have, a, we, we, we have a shelf life of like three years. We'll, you know, have some great moments, yeah. but, you know. Never Won't be looked back on bombing, that's for sure. Never. But, <laughs> <laughs> we are the punchline, actually, of a lot of jokes. No, I got. Uh, uh, what's up, guys? guys? Here I am. Uh, member, I guess I'm Paul Millsap. Who am I? Jeff Teague. Um, I, I, no, he's definitely the Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> Um, but we do have Jeff Teague over here and Brendan Vogt. Actually, Monday. For real, for real. Um, so nice to talk to you guys on this Monday. Does anyone get that joke? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. No, no. Um, I don't. I got the man with the wind in his hair, though, over here, Harrison Wind. What's going on, brother? What's going on, guys? want to remind you guys, we are presented by DraftKings. And with the code uh, DNVR, you can still get that new user sign-up where you bet $1 to win $100. Just... I can't miss offer from DraftKings on an NFL game. How's DraftKings making money? They keep doing these crazy deals every sense. week, and it's like it doesn't make any sense. Like you just bet one dollar on like <laughs> I don't know, Chiefs are favored by four touchdowns. No. Like I'll take that. When I know I'm how they're making money. If you guys didn't take advantage of that, I don't I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I know how they make money. It's, I don't think I've won a bet since the N- NBA season for me effectively ended. Like I don't think, I haven't won a single NFL bet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. You should have bet on the Ripper, my guy, the Ripper, man. I'm telling you, he's uh, pretending to believe in the Ripper is my favorite. Like, I almost enjoy <laughs> tweeting through Broncos games more than Nuggets games because it's like my opinions don't have to carry any weight. <laughs> no, no. In, in fact, like people uh, like appreciate how like woefully ill-informed they are, yeah, exactly. and it's fantastic. You're just like full RK. You're just sitting at home in black shorts with a whiskey. Yeah, like, 100%. this is my guy. This is my guy, the Ripper. <laughs> Um, I, it, it was an impressive double down because I'm not even sure if he's going to start the next week. But it, that's was, how, it was a hell of a ride for one week. This is like when Skip Bayless was all about uh, uh, Tim Tebow. Tim and Tebow? like, he can't lose if he doesn't play. Like, he can just be like, well, they didn't play him. Ergo, I was right. <laughs> um, anyway, we're not going to talk about the Broncos. We already, this, we've exceeded our annual allotment of Denver Broncos <laughs> talk on this pod. Apologies to those that don't enjoy us for our Broncos coverage. But... We do have some interesting stuff today. We're going to talk about the exit interviews, Michael Malone and Tim Conley and uh, Calvin Booth. Um, 
we got we got to do exhibit interviews there and to hear from those guys. They had some interesting things to say. But then we're also going to talk about the NBA Finals. Like, I know enough time, I think, has passed. I think so. What do you guys think? Is enough time passed where people are, like, capable of talking about the playoffs that continued beyond our own our own existence? Eric, you speak for the fan. What What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I've, the, the NBA as an institution, I, I sort of lost faith in. and uh, But I've slowly been... Um, you know, letting time heal my wounds. They're still pretty gaping, if I'm being honest, but uh, now that the Heat have won a game and are threatened to make it an actual series, I think I may actually tune back in, but I was uh, I was feeling very sour. Um, but, you know, I think that's kind of just my general nature anyway. Well, this is why I bring it up, though, is because I think it is important to talk about the finals that are happening because they pertain to the Denver Nuggets. And one of the things I want to ask is were the Denver Nuggets the second best team in the league? Do they have a legitimate shot at saying that, you know, where, where can we, now that all the cards are kind of falling, where can we say they belong here? How can we contextualize that? But first, before we get there in segments two and three, I want to start with these exit interviews because this was unlike a typical season when it ends you go down to Pepsi Center, the guys clean out their lockers, and they all talk to you one-on-one, face-to-face, and they take questions, including Tim Conley. We did Zoom calls, and we only did them with the coach and with the front office. Let's start with the front office, Harrison. Um, you know, we heard from Calvin Booth. This is the, one of the notes I have is just that this was sort of the first official, like, Calvin speaking as general manager. Um, yeah. You know, so it was kind of noteworthy in that regard. Well, I felt like one of the big themes – and it's always tough in these things to decipher, you know, how honest these guys are being and how much they're just kind of towing the company line. They don't want to say too much. They don't want to tip their hand too much. Um, but both Calvin Booth and, and Tim Connolly came out and said pretty directly, like, yes, we've been doing this continuity thing over the last couple of years. We want to bring back as many yes. guys as possible. We want to bring back a majority of the roster. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of guys up for free agency uh, this offseason for Denver, from Paul Millsap to Mason Plumlee to Torrey Craig, a bunch of guys who have played key roles for this team. And like, like I just said, it's tough to kind of decipher, you know, what's real and what's not. But it definitely seemed like both of those guys made a point to say, yeah, we're going to try to bring back a lot of this same team. I think for years now, it's sort of been like a, it's not, it's clearly not broke. So we're not in any sort of rush to fix it. I think tone to these interviews, um, which you could take, you know, different perspectives on. Like if you were a team like maybe the Sixers or the Clippers or something, and you really feel like you hit a ceiling, you should have broken through. You're like, things, things need to change. What are you guys talking about? This is complacency. But Denver has a leg to stand on because win total improves, win total improves, second round Western Conference Finals. I mean, they if they choose to bring everyone back, even if you're a fan and you you prefer to see something different, you can't really get too indignant about it. I mean, they do they're they have a leg to stand on. So it's interesting that you say this. I want to get Eric's perspective on this, but I'm reading a lot of articles this last couple of days or seeing a lot of tweets about people saying that's not the case. That Denver is banked on continuity, but they can no longer. And so it's a real question. Nobody knows the answer to that until the it's done. And then you say, well, they should have done it the other way. But Eric, what do you think about that idea of like, just stay the course? There's no, you know, every team adds pieces on the, you know, the eighth and ninth best guys are going to change. Yeah, but yeah. do you really think Denver is, is okay running it back? Well, I mean, like, what does running it back mean? Does that mean like re-signing Paul Millsap? Does that mean, I mean, there are guys that are, they have to make a decision on one way or the other. And Jeremy Grant, Torrey Craig, 
Mason Plumley, Paul Millsap, that would be the majority. I mean, of the if it's if it's literally yeah, if it's literally the exact same starting lineup, and then the the bench sort of looks largely the same. <laughs> I, I don't know. It is it is really interesting. Like it felt like the Nuggets did plateau a little bit, um, but it also felt like they were ascending at the same yeah, time. Like like the there's there were Jokic and Murray hit a new level, and everybody else. I mean, Grant. Uh, it's his first season, so we can't really say like if he got better, or, or, or at least I can't. I don't know how the rest of his career has looked, uh, quite frankly. But those two players got so much better, and then everybody else was just kind of like exactly what you expected. Like yeah, yeah. Paul Millsap got demonstrably worse <laughs> as as the playoffs went on. Um, I wouldn't be that stoked if we paid Paul Millsap to come back, to be honest. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, it it really does feel like this team just needs to find those little edge players Um, because then we have the concept of Michael Porter Jr. getting better this next year like what does that actually mean but like is Gary Um, Harris and Will Barton are they edge players or are they something more than that who that's a great question Will Barton is the most intriguing the most confusing Mm. part of that entire puzzle because you just have no idea how he fits into what the Nuggets transformed into as the playoffs went on. Right. Um, to be able to count on him as a third scoring threat, like could either be transformational or it could be disruptive. Right. And sure. I have no idea. So it is really strange. Like I really, it really bums me out that we didn't get any right. Will Barton time with, uh, with the ascension of Jamal Murray to kind of see how he fits into that two man game. One thing that I've been um, thinking about a lot with, with regards to Barton is that, he on the pecking order started low rose high to the level of starter and i feel like going forward needs to sink back down to i mean he needs to be denver's sixth man sixth man he needs Absolutely. to be their sixth most important player and if you brought in if you made a trade for will barton and you brought in will barton the second not will barton the third or will barton the fourth right just <laughs> what i mean is the exact standard will barton the exact same player just a guy who's joining a team and then fitting into the role rather than a guy who has an established role i wonder if it would be better because one of the questions i have is what he was needed for last season and this season is different than what he's going to be needed for next year and i don't yeah. know it's so much harder to bring a guy back down rather than it's easier to bring them up you know up a, up a level and that's a question i have so when we talk about continuity he's another piece of that where i feel like even if you bring him back you're not bringing him back in the same role right i mean he's definitely played that sixth man role, he has like to a play to a level where we all were talking about him as being sixth man of the year but can but, uh, but it's a question mm-hmm. about okay now we need you to go back down to that right. even if you don't consider that a downward thing it's just that that's hard to do. That's hard to say. You climbed into the level of starter. Now we need to climb back down into the level of you know four fewer minutes, fewer uh, shots. Yeah. I mean, like, well, what what is, about? Okay. What is Barton looking for at this stage of his career? Too. You know, right. he got a nice payday, and then he played truthfully some of the be- probably the best basketball of his life the with, with these injuries around it. Um, so does he want to get back to that level? Does he want to be in a place in a position where he's given that rope? Um, is he right. trying to get another payday after this? Or does he look at it like, you know, the best cherry on top I can put on that stretch of my career now, sticking here, seeing it through, and being a, if not a central, still integral part of a title team. And he does have that opportunity in Denver. And so it's a question we can't answer. Is what does Will Barton want for himself at right. this stage in his career? Yeah, he already got, he already get the, 
uh, got the bag, does he in fact then want the banner? <laughs> <laughs> That's such a great line. Oh, oh, man. <laughs> it does remind me a little bit of like a TJ Warren, right? TJ Warren became more than a microwave scorer for the Indiana Pacers. But going forward, do you think TJ Warren needs to be the best player on the Pacers? Like, absolutely not. They need him to be that guy in a role that is not that guy. Like, they need him to be the third or fourth option. And I think with Barton, just ideally for me, he would be the version that we got of him this year off of the bench and on probably four fewer minutes because we got to give more minutes to Michael Porter. You got to give more minutes to Jeremy Grant. And naturally, those are going to come a little bit from Will Barton. Probably. Maybe they come somewhere else. But... Well, like, what, what, what did the arc of uh, Lou Williams and like uh, Jamal Crawford's career look like? Did they, I mean, did they sort of follow this pay- same trajectory as, as Will Barton? No, I I don't know. He's a I'm, different type of player, I think, than they are too. To be honest, those guys are I, more pure scorers. Yeah, is that what you meant? Yeah. Though I didn't mean to cut you. It off. is. Yeah, but I think people like to think of Barton as a microwave scorer, but I don't actually know if that's the most apt description of his game, especially of yeah. late. Yeah, I, I feel like people haven't really been able to grasp what Will Barton like has brought like for the last three years. I feel like everybody yeah. like a, a, a lot, especially a lot of the fan base, just like tries to just put him in this box as just uh like a microwave guy a gunner and it's like not what yeah. he's ever been um just just from talking to barton over the last couple of years like he was so excited about this team and yeah. he was just so excited about the potential that they had he was like one of the leading voices in that locker room saying from the beginning yes this team can win a championship he was one of the most vocal guys in that regard from day one this season. And even going back to last year with just the talent they had, he believed in it from the start. And so that's why I think, like, I believe he would be open to accepting a smaller role than the one he has now if it was for the betterment of the team and if he believed it was for the betterment of the team. And, I mean, we know Barton's a Maybe. guy that believes in MPJ. Like, we know that. He's given MPJ his stamp of approval. So I think there's definitely a scenario where he would kind of buy into that smaller role if, if that was maybe coming off the bench. I think that's on the table. So if you can, if they, everybody came back, though, like like we're talking about, what's your confidence level that Michael Porter is going to start next year? Because I think we all think that if the season started next year and Michael Porter was on the bench, we'd all be like, okay, confidence level just went way down because – what what are we going through? But what's your if everybody came back? What's your confidence level vote that Michael Porter would be the starter? I I think I'm more confident listening to Win just now saying that he's confident because I think the key question <laughs> is what does Will Barton want to do? I mean I think maximizing the starters and the offense him at the two makes the most sense if everyone comes back um, alongside Grant and MPJ and not Millsap. Right. But I don't see that as likely. I think Malone believes in Gary Harris as a fixture of the starting unit, loves that defense. But also if we're being realistic about who can actually create offense with a lesser unit, I mean, like, I don't, Gary's not going to be running anything off the bench. Yeah. So, I mean, Barton can do more here and that might hurt him in a sense, right? Insofar as he's downgraded because he's more versatile. Um, So I think it's possible, but to the point I think you're getting at here, Adam, this is the biggest danger in running it back, in my opinion. Like you, this team is like showed they're good enough, but I think if you're wanting to see those best lineups unlocked, 
if everyone comes back, there's always going to be that fear that Malone's going to stick to what's worked thus far. Do you think that there's a chance, and I can ask you this one, Eric, but do you think there's a chance if they all came back, this year Malone said there's an open position battle at small forward. Oh, are we going to do this again? The small forward (laughs) competition. (laughs) But, But here's what I was wondering is, do you think it would be there's a open training camp competition at shooting guard and small forward? So... We don't know, you know, Barton maybe wins one battle, but not the other. I don't, I don't know. Um, do you think that's how it would play out, Eric? Because, again, that was uncomfortable to start the year when Barton was laughing about, oh, I didn't know, I didn't hear. That was uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, anytime you're talking about competition in the abstract versus just, like, when people are on the court and uh, a victor is obvious – like it's always dangerous. Like it's always uncomfortable. It's always like, how do guys think about themselves as right. an idea on the team versus like what's actually working? Like right. Kenneth Fareed stating plainly that he was a starter, <laughs> you know, and then like <laughs> it turns out he in fact was not a starter, but he was still like a really positive player in the NBA and like made some noise in Houston and like uh, you know like could still do some things. It's just. It, you know, you're, we're in we're in the ego part of the year where people, you know, guys have time off. They start to reflect on, you know, what it is they feel like they deserve, what it is they feel like they were to the team. You know, like whether or not they were disrespected. They have people in their ear, kind of, you know, gassing them up. You have your agents sort of like, you know, talking to you about who you should be and what you deserve. And um, so things definitely get weird <laughs> when, when you're talking about like heading into. Uh, you know, going into the next season and, and who's going to do what, but I, I don't know. I feel like Malone also um, like will change things up. Yeah. If something isn't working, it's not, I mean, it's not like he casts something in stone and the guys that are on the floor when the ball is tipped, when the season starts, like that's just it. Um, so so I, a lot of these my, trades, when I create them in my head, just kind of thinking they involve Monte Morris and Will Barton. Like they just seem like two guys you can, they're, they're both good. They're both on, you know, right. okay, you can move them for a, a good player. But the one thing I keep thinking, you were talking about Will Barton. When the Nuggets went down three games to one to Utah and Barton wasn't there, I put I connected dots on that. And I was like, Barton's the guy that's in their ear saying, yes, you can do this. Like Jokic, go at him. He can't guard you, right? He's the one. Monte Morris is also that guy. He's also always in people's ears saying like, yeah, big fella, hype like man. they can't guard you. Hype man. They're hype men. Both of them are hype men. And if you were to trade those guys and you got back, mm-hmm. I mean, let's just say a true holiday who I think is a good, really great player, but he's like a Paul Millsap personality. I just wonder if Denver would lose their hype men. And it, it's almost like we look at all these things in a vacuum and say, okay, they need this skill. They need that skill. Like Denver might add a drew holiday and another piece and be like, okay, but now we just need to add, a 15th man who is a hype man and has no other skills. He's just like great at hyping people up because <laughs> we're missing. I bet we could get uh, Robert Sacre. It's too bad. Exactly. I think, exactly. I think Devon, Devon Akun Purcell, I think, just signed in Europe. <laughs> so he's off the market uh, in the uh, hey, Turkey, Turkish the League. Bid. Thomas Welsh, first ballot and adventure. Oh. <laughs> But, uh, Why don't we actually just sign like Flavor Flav? Get a real hype man. But do you do you think Adam? Do you think that just with this team's progression, the need for hype men might just go down a little bit with kind of Jamal's ascension yeah, as I the don't. alpha, as the leader? Does that go down at all? 
I don't, man, because I think every team has to enjoy their time together or else you get diminishing returns. And what, what we're talking about, we're talking about hype men. Like, yes, if you just, just mean like confidence guys, yes. But it, it's actually more than that. We're making it a little reductive. Those guys make things fun, right? They just, And Denver is really short on that as is. They have two guys. And they have a, like Torrey Craig's maybe a little bit of this, but they got a lot of guys that don't know how to lighten the mood. And I think Monte Morris will, especially Monte Morris, you guys ever know, like you get together with some buddies and like you might have your best friend is there and you might have like you know the guy who pays for everything is there and like okay those are key pieces but then you have that one friend that just laughs at every joke and he just you know like what does he bring to the table he makes everything more fun because he's just like light he's just lighthearted, man like he's i don't know like and i think that's what monte is and you take that out sometimes you still have the big pieces but you're missing like a little bit of glue that brought everything up a little level and i just think Mount, monte and barton are that guy and Monte, despite being pretty young himself, like those are the two best guys at embracing the young players, the young key pieces, yeah, the, mm-hmm, totally. you know, buying into them um, internally and externally. So there's something to that, I think. Mon- sure. Monte would I do think- would be just like, he he's not, or he is a big loss on the court, but like in the locker room, I don't think people realize how like just big of a focal point he is just from a chemistry standpoint, from a camaraderie standpoint. Like he's a guy who was, you know, gassing up Isaiah Thomas from the beginning right. of training camp, even though he was going to be competing against him for minutes. Uh, you know, yeah. he, he was gassing up MPJ all year. So I don't think people really grasp that a lot. Tory Craig, and we can move on after this, but Tory Craig, Mason Plumley, um, Paul Millsap. How many of those? That's continuity to me. Bringing those guys back, I think Barton, yeah. Monte, you could you could really make the case for bringing it back, and there's still enough minutes to go around. But those three, Malone, Rick Lies, those three to me feel like if all three were back, there's going to be some real roadblocks in the way for some of the guys. Harrison, how many of those three guys do you think? What's the positive number of those three that come back that you feel good about? You know, before and maybe I'm buying into what Tim and Calvin. Uh, had to say too much, but before listening to those guys talk, I was saying, all right, probably one of those three guys comes back. Now I'm thinking probably two, maybe three. Um, (laughs) If all three come back, I'm going to go ahead and say it. It was a failure. That's, that's too many guys. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't think, I still don't think we really have an idea of what this off season is just going to look like from a player movement standpoint with yeah. the weird uh, timeline of this off season. I don't know if um, like if ownerships around the league are going to be, are, are going to be a little tight on money compared to normal. I, I don't know. Yes. I don't think a lot of us know these things yet. Uh, so maybe it just could be one of those off seasons where teams just stand pat especially a team like the Nuggets who uh, loves their continuity and for good reason. I don't know. Yeah. It's a tough one, man. I, I just think it's such a tricky call. We've all bought into this. We don't skip steps. The one thing is, is that Bull Bull and Michael Porter are the next step. And I don't want there to be a – not skipping steps sometimes means clearing out some of that those guys on the sure. fringes to allow for the next steps to, to kind of come in. And to me, that's where my mind frame is. Yeah. And, as much as I love Malone and I think he deserves all like we we could only question him so much. You give him training wheels, he will use them. And I think I think right. Tory Craig, Mason Plumley, I think those guys are training wheels. Well, wait a minute. So, what do you guys think the next step is in us not skipping steps? What is the next 
logical step? What is the progression? I think Adam, I really think Adam just outlined it, man, just now. I think you, I mean, like the next obvious step, what is the easiest way that the Nuggets could make a noticeable leap? MPJ is is a part of what they do. And right after that- They had a great that, player. If you want to talk about the steps, literally, they had a great player in Jokic. This step was they have a great duo, one of the NBA's greatest right. duos. The next step is next sort of step. like having the next tr- best trios, you know, like it's, it's not that easy, and, but there is something to it. And look, if you lose in the first round, then you go, look, maybe we don't have time for this. Maybe the kid gets hurt. He's too young. We don't have time to wait for Jamal or MPJ, right? If, if that doesn't, but it didn't, it didn't unfold that way. I think you look at it and you can say, no, the next step is to keep this internal and to look and see, is he the answer? But part of that Adam just nailed, I think you also have to, to clear the deck. And I don't yeah. like, like Tory Craig, is such a cooler person and player than he gets talked about because of this position he's in. I've said that mm-hmm. before. Like, yeah. this is a dude that it's awesome that he's an NBA player and he is one definitively. But I just don't think he's part of a nine-man finals rotation. And I don't think that's for a Denver. huge knock to say for Denver. For Denver, and I think Malone views him that way. And so, what's what do you do? Do you move on from Malone? No. <laughs> do you move on from MPJ? No. I think you have to you have to move on from Tory Craig. Let's take a break. When we come back on the other side, there's more to talk about, including Denver's a free agent destination. It's the first time we've ever heard Tim Conley say that. Or is it? We'll talk about that and a few (laughs) other things from these takeaways. Um, But first, Wynn, get us to a break. Yeah, guys, if you're looking to pick up some Breck brews this weekend, check out the Palisade Peach. And I think I said it on last week's show, but this beer from Breck Brew should come with like a warning label because... Palisade Peach goes down super smooth. We've uh, had them stocked in the DNVR bar and upstairs in our office area. And uh, yes, can confirm they go down smooth. So check those out from Breck Brew. If you don't know where to get Breck Brew, where you're located, just check out the Breck Brew beer locator on their website. You'll be able to track down all the Palisade Peach you can handle. And also make sure to sign up for WGT World Golf Tour. Download the game on iPhone, on Android, whatever phone you've got. Search for the DNVR3 Country Club. We do tournaments, host weekends. We even give out insane cash prizes for playing a iPhone golf game. <laughs> the winner of our tournament, our close to the pin challenge a couple weeks ago, got 200 bucks. Second place got 100 bucks. Third place got some DVR swag. So uh, you can spend like five minutes playing a WGT round and walk out of there with 200 bucks. It's as easy as that. Make sure to download WGT World Golf Tour from dnvrgolf.com and then search for the DNVR Three Country Club. All right, back here on the DNVR Nuggets podcast. So let's talk now about what Tim Conley said about free agents. He said that he's heard from a lot of agents, a lot of agents. They've called and said maybe two years ago, three years ago, they didn't want to keep my client away from Denver, but now they're calling him and saying, hey, would love to play there. Um, scale of one to 10, one being the Mori Povich, uh, that was a lie. <laughs> Number 10 being like full on facts, bro. Where would you put this one, Brendan? Oh, I lost. We lost Brendan because he's muted. Oh yeah, he forgot himself. Are we sure it's not just Nick Young's agent calling multiple times? <laughs> um, I've gotten say ten calls from agents in the last week. They've all been from Nick Young's though. Akun Purcell, Nick Young. Yeah. Just like, okay. uh, Nick Young. Nick Young acting as his own agent. Uh, I would say like a five. Um, it's like a believe it when you'll see it thing with Denver, right? I mean, it's certainly the case that they've done what an organization needs to do. 
to put themselves in that position. Right. And I think maybe it's the case some sort of edge players, if we describe them in this podcast, might sort of look at Denver as a home. You know, older veterans that are trying to win a ring. So they might not be ring chasing in Denver, but they might see it as a place where they can finally get to that. But I mean, no, I don't think top tier free agents or, or even second tier free agents are going to look at Denver. <laughs> but third tier, got him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who's look, a, they who's a third tier free agent? Third tier Jay, is going to be like maybe Jay Crowder, yeah, maybe Jay. Crowder. Well, let's be fair. Let's be fair. Last time he said that, they did sign Paul Millsap, who at the time was considered a second tier free agent, right? First tier right. free agent. So, but the it's it's going to be guys who are though. it was the money on that timeline, right? And and sort of near the end of their careers, they're not going to be getting guys in their prime. Harrison, so I think I'm a little more optimistic than vote. I, I think first and second tier free agents are. Mm. are could be looking Denver's way right now. What? And, <laughs> and, and first tier? I mean I mean the Nuggets don't have the cap room to sign one and like they're this free agent class sucks anyway. Uh sure. so I don't think it's really applicable this year. What tier um, is Gordon but, Hayward? Uh in this class? Yeah. Well, no, just in general. Like, I mean, if Denver signed Gordon um, Hayward as a free agent, would you be second, like, we got a first second tier? tier, I'd say. Yeah, it's a second tier. I'd, I'd say he's second tier. So he's um, a, I was thinking he about this today. Agency? He's a good enough player that you would like be excited about the basketball fit. But if Gordon Hayward came to the Nuggets, it's just, it's over. They're not cool. Like, they, we, just have to, <laughs> we just have to embrace that we're going to be the least cool good team. And like, right. Wow. <laughs> I hope Gordon's not listening. I, really hope, I hope he is because. <laughs> I don't like Gordon Hayward. Not a fan. <laughs> out of the club. You're hoping, you hope I'm he's just saying, out of the club. So that he knows you don't. Uh, no, uh, but um. So so I mean, t- Tim said something similar to this in 2017. That I sent you guys the tweet when Jokic was kind of coming alive. He had a similar quote that said, "Yeah, you know, I'm getting calls from agents saying they want their guys here. So it, it's definitely the Jokic effect." Um, but man, you guys really don't think that Denver has risen up the free agent pow- power rankings at all? Really? I do. I, I do. I think they have. I think they have. Yo, this is what I was asking earlier with why, what you guys view as the next step, because I have always viewed the steps as you get good enough to you, to the point where you sort of hit the point, hit where the nuggets are, like you are contending but not quite over the top and then you get that next free agent to come and take you to that next level in the same way that Iguodala the mole abandoned Denver and went to Golden State and he pushed them to that next level like I don't think it's at all I mean I've been saying this for years I don't think it's at all unreasonable to think that players will start to look at Denver you know if they are a legitimate um, contender every year that that changes everything you know I mean like there's there's teams that fall in and out of favor that aren't just that don't happen to be, you know, located in Los Angeles um, as like sort of a hot spot for NBA free agents to go all the time. And, um, you know, Denver's star as a city is rising and they're becoming more like it's not uncommon at all to hear players, current and former, talk about how much they would enjoy playing with Nikola Jokic, like a, a player that really can highlight what they do and, and make them better. And it's not just coming in and like just having to try to fight to get yours. Yeah, but I mean, like if, I, 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 
you look at the last two like big guy like LeBron did not choose LA because of the basketball situation. Maybe one that he could have built there, but not the well, one yeah, that was he built just prior to his arrival. Oh, for sure. And and Kawhi arrived to a great situation in the Clippers and then gutted it immediately. And like <laughs> I think he was there for a lot of other stuff. And I think he felt like that was an organization where he could be the leader both on and off the court. Um right. and yeah. not I mean, in that you're way about you're the hoping two guys. For. You're talking about guys that can control the league. No, but, I mean, like but the top top tier. Look, guys this is sort of what I'm saying though. Like top tier free agents are going to look at more than just what is the most logical fit for me here from a basketball oh, no perspective. Mm-hmm. You right. know? Yeah, I mean, of course they're not going to sign top tier free agents that are, have the ability to bend the league to their will and can go anywhere, and more likely are, are factoring weather into the equation more than anything else. Um, but like, are we to a point where you could? reasonably think that we could get like a Gordon Hayward where, you know, I mean, even, even though we're, we're like at a point where we're all like just laughing at that as a concept. I mean, that he's a good player, man. He, he could absolutely add to the nuggets. And it's the type of thing where you can start to, it, if nothing else, be choosy um, for who it is you're wanting to sign versus just be beggy. <laughs> well, I actually think that's a, that's a thing with the nuggets. Um, they are going to be choosy with who they bring in, even if it's like an A-level player. You I, were just saying I that. don't think don't, they would bring in Kawhi Leonard per se um, because I think Denver would have been, and I, I think they were a little wary of just how he would fit in with culture here. And I, I think you saw some of that some of that play out with the Clippers, like when Kawhi Leonard was demanding a trade from the Spurs – I don't think the Nuggets like would have gone all the way, even if Kawhi showed a lot of interest in Denver because of that factor. So I think the Nuggets have been and, and will continue to be choosy, even with those top flight guys. Well, to your point, uh, Joe Harris, though, like if Joe Harris just chooses Denver, that's a big deal. So you're right; those type of guys, Absolutely. if they were just like, yeah, that's where I want to be, um, that changes things. What tier is that? That's a tier. What tier is that? Is that tier two in your mind? Tier three? He's probably tier three. He's probably tier yeah, three, tier three. He's a high level role yeah. player. If you don't have to overpay Yo. for him, you know, then he's a. Oh he's my a god, I would kill three. to get Joe Harris here. Ah, we will. We will put a tier. <laughs> Do you think, vote though, that there's anything to free agency is usually in July? Colorado in July, can't beat it. Free agency this year is going to be in November and December. <laughs> and look, I yeah, love it. And peaches. But yeah, but I don't know if there's something too like. You don't think so? Like Joe Harris is like, I really want to play for the Nuggets, and he gets here and he's like, Ooh. On Tuesday's show, we will break every single player up into hypothetical free agency tiers, one year at a time. Right. There have been players that like every time they've come to play in Denver, it's been snowing, and they've mentioned that. No. And it just makes no, you think, like, I don't, no. is that- I don't think there's anything to that at all. No, no, I everybody don't. thinks. I don't that. think that's when you fly no, here and you land out in the plane, you're like, uh, what? What's go- <laughs> the hell's going on? Thanks for asking. <laughs> uh-huh. All right, let's take another break. On the other side, I thought we were going to get to the finals, but you know this has been so good. Maybe we'll push that to tomorrow. Um, on the other side, Mike Malone spoke, and he spoke about Michael Porter and his role. And I think what he said was very interesting. Again, do we believe it? Do we, are we confident? I don't know, but it was interesting. But first, Harrison, take us to our last break. Yeah, guys, right now at Green Mountain Dental Group, you can get a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. It's as easy as that. We've all got to go to the dentist. I don't think any of us like going to the dentist, but you know, you can walk out of there, walk out of Green Mountain Dental Group with a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. So hit them up today. They're located just 15 minutes from downtown Denver. They're awesome people. They're a family business. Uh, 
Denver through and through, just like us here. So hit up Green Mountain Dental Group today, get a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam. And right now at Strava Craft Coffee, online at StravaCraftCoffee.com, you can subscribe and save 20% with a Strava Craft Coffee subscription because we know a bunch of you have taken advantage of the one-time code for first-time Strava customers. So now you can save 20% off of your favorite coffee forever with a Strava Craft Coffee subscription. It's super easy. You'll never have to put in your credit card info again. Sign up on StravaCraftCoffee.com and get that Strava Craft Coffee subscription for 20% off uh, with the code DNVR20. All right, final segment here on DNVR Nuggets podcast, Monday edition. Getting here late for you on a Monday, but um, now let's get to Michael Malone and a little bit Tim Conley and Calvin Booth as well because, you know, they were asked about the young core of this. It's crazy that we've been talking about a young core for like six years and they're still they're still young, <laughs> but it's true. That's how young they were at the start. But the young core now, to me, when you say young core, that would actually mean Bull Bull and Michael Porter Jr. And both guys were brought up in the exit interviews, both by Malone and, and by um, Tim Conley and Calvin Booth. But I'm going to start with Bull Bull because he was specifically mentioned as a guy that will be in the rotation next season. Like he's going to be a part. I, I think it was one of them that said it. Harrison, can you correct me if I'm wrong? Yeah, Calvin had a quote where he said he's going to be a part of our rotation going uh, like going into the future. I don't know mm. if he specifically said um, – <laughs> I don't know if he specifically said – or I don't think he specifically said next season. Um, but we, we could take that to me next season. I don't think that's like a stretch. going – yeah, I don't think that's a stretch. Can I say something? I'm going to make a prediction. Bull Bull will be a part of the rotation next season. It might be frustrating. He should be. He should be. <laughs> no. Bull should be the Nuggets' fourth big next season to start. Their fourth big. Or fourth, you know, just like whatever, three, four. <laughs> I think – well, here's the thing. And I'm reading the tea leaves here a little bit. There's a lot of hype around Bull Bull right now. And when I say right now, I mean the last three months. Like, in a way that I don't feel like they're, they're – um, I think he's going to be a major storyline at training camp. And early on in the season where people are maybe like, okay, ball, ball, we hope he plays this or that. I wouldn't be surprised if he had a very Michael Porter Jr.-esque season in that. And maybe even sooner out the gate where it's just like, oh, yeah, he's this other piece. Like, there's just a lot of positivity I'm hearing around him. Um, just hearing that, Eric, I know you're, you're just giving us the fan perspective. But hearing that, if I tell you that I hear there's buzz around ball, ball, and especially about him being a piece next year, does that change the way you think about roster construction? If this guy, let's just say Bull Bull is as good next year as Michael Porter was this year, meaning he has as big of an impact on the team, wouldn't you not want to put players in front of him? Wouldn't, wouldn't you want to make sure that there was a spot for him to ascend to? I mean, most definitely. And that you're probably looking at the the, the five. Uh, you know, like, does that mean... Are we? Well, I don't know. That, that's a question. I don't know. Does he does he supplant Mason Plumley? Is Are we talking about, like, Jeremy Grant's not as important to re-sign? Like, what does that actually mean? You know, or is he just sort of like he comes in and um, he's sort of a mop up? I mean, I, I have no idea. All I know is that like we the nice thing about Bull Bull versus Michael Porter is that we actually saw him play going right, into the season. Right. And so it's not just like all theory and we're not, you know, we're not just worried about medicals and, and, and stuff like that. Um, like Bull Bull, we saw, you know, he can sink shots. He can absolutely he can block 
three-point shots when he's starting at the at the key somehow. Um, and there's just like a lot of like really tantalizing things that he could bring to bring to the squad. And I mean, you're right. It like does change the way you sort of think about like, okay, what are our needs? You know, what if we are thinking about players we need to retain versus players we need to bring in? I mean, the front office has just provided us with like it's just a nonstop flow of like these really interesting players that can absolutely bring something to the squad. And now it's just like now you start to think about like, okay, what what does that fit actually look like? Like what? Like, where does he slide in? Like, what role could he play if everything falls like he wanted to? Uh, but, I mean, my God. Like, it's, this is just, like, why the Nuggets are just the most interesting team <laughs> to think about. It's just, there's just, like, so many awesome elements that if they come together in the right way, or, like, I mean, what did I say the other day? It's like a team of folk heroes. And, like, there's just more and more. Like, every one of these players is interesting in, in their own right. They're not yeah, just, Bull's more of an urban know, legend like, than a folk hero. It's just like, totally. <laughs> you know what? But Michael Porter Jr. was an urban legend 12 months ago because we when we went back, we all said this sometime in January <laughs> where we thought, like, we always talked about this team winning a championship. And then it was almost like, well, it's hard to imagine them doing that now without Michael Porter. But when we were talking about this a year ago, we envisioned it. We just didn't envision Porter as part of it. Do you think we'll be, yes. well, this is a question for you. Do you think we'll be at a point, you know, whenever the next season ends, where we will, it'll be hard for us to imagine this Nuggets team without Bull. Where we're like, oh yeah, like we, we thought this team was good before he was even a part of the equation. I would say if the Nuggets are on the brightest timeline, this is what it would have looked like to this point. For them to stay on that timeline, we would be having this conversation that you just outlined next year. And it's the, is is Bull Bull part of this the way we all feel MPJ is? Because watching the Lakers, thinking about that Golden State run, like it's not necessarily small or tall ball. It's about creating mismatches, right? And mismatch nightmares. And I think like right now the Nuggets are capable of that because MPJ might be like a seven foot tall Clay Thompson. You know, um, Jokic is a seven foot tall point guard. <laughs> But the piece that sort of like why we've described him as the dynasty piece or that 2013 Warriors piece, if Bull Bull hits, then you start thinking about the Nuggets as being able to roll out potentially one of those lineups that changes basketball that other teams are chasing. Um, and so, look, it's a pipe dream, but that's sort of the crazy thing about already having this dude on the roster. With his talent level, it is, in fact, on the table. Yeah. Can I, can I, be, the, uh, can I be the Debbie Downer for a second? I, I hate to, but so the season's probably going to be short next year, right? It's, it's probably going to be closer to like a 60 game season than an 82 game season. Yeah. Um, so he, if bull is going to crack into this thing, he's not going to have 82 games to do it. He, he's going to have uh he's going to have a shortened runway to do yeah. it before the playoffs, but but um, with more back-to-backs, you know, right. with more like three and four nights, if, if like they play that, that could be a chance for him to get on the floor more. And I mean, look, I, I said this when we talked about bowl last week, but like the first bullet point on like the Nuggets to-do list for next season is yeah. MPJ. I don't see why number two can't be Bull Bull. You already know everything about everybody else on this roster, maybe outside of like PJ Dozier. Like, you know, you know everything about everyone else. So he, he's intriguing. I, I hope that next year becomes the year of Bull Bull because this year 
I think this year was the year of Murray. Um, but Michael Porter was very yeah. much the storyline and that kept this season fresh throughout the regular season. If next year, the ascension of Michael Porter alongside the like debut of Bull Bull as a piece, it would just be like, you almost don't even care about wins and losses. You're just going to like, man, this is so fun. Like Jokic and Murray are an afterthought. And those were like, they're two of our favorite players ever. They're just icing on the cake at this point in terms of entertainment oh value. God. I, um, I can't believe this season's been over for like two weeks or whatever. And it feels like it's been two years. And you just saying those things, like I can't wait for it to start again, even though I have no, <laughs> idea. I have no idea when that's going to be. No clue. <laughs> I would love if next year there was like a little bit of a uh, MPJ and Bobol like versus Jokic and Murray in a fun way where it was almost like you felt like there was this cool like first wave second wave what comes together beautifully but at practice it's all about them going head to head and you know you create this cool thing and it's like you maybe either the <laughs> or the rotation shook out in a way where it's like we get like tons of minutes of Jokic and Murray because the bench can be carried by MPJ and Bull and you're just like oh this is great you have like wouldn't you love that? Like, to see, wouldn't you love to just watch Michael Porter Jr. be like, "Check ball, ho," and throw the ball in the kitchen like every? <laughs> yeah, and Jokic just like gives him this blank like, stare. Like, what? Dude, what? <laughs> I love it. Um, all right, well, this was a fun show, guys. Um, thanks for tuning in. We're gonna be back again, of course, all week, every week, all see all all year long with all kinds of cool stuff, and we should put a little promo out Friday. The triumphant return of the DNBA show noon on Friday, including an update. Breaking from, news: The homie Miroslav is going to be it's giving a, a live, or not, I guess not a live report, a real report from Sambor, in which he has been <laughs> hiding in the bushes outside of Jokic's favorite coffee shops and beer joints. Only half kidding. I wish I were joking. It's true though. He's actually been like, so he's got his camouflage on, and so we're gonna have some real updates. Yeah, from make, make sure to tune in Friday because it might be the last time we hear. From <laughs> Before he <laughs> mysteriously vanishes. At, at what I point do we have to the DMBA show? At what point do we have to refer to him as the correspondent, Miroslav? The correspondent. Oh, I think he's already there. Oh, yeah, okay, you're great. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody. We're going to be back again tomorrow. We'll see you then.